Welcome to the Rugby Bits podcast for this week. And we've got a bumper episode today where we're going to be talking about the top 14 final, semi-finals in the Super Rugby and the Curry Cup. Some squads have been announced in, in, in countries, including New Zealand. And yeah, some rumors that are happening with the South African, um, with the Springboks and their preparations for the Rugby Championship. I'm Tala. I'm joined by Cooks. And surprisingly, squashing their beef um, from the last few months, Jared is here with Cooks at the same time. So we are very shocked to, 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 to see that. And Jared, I need you to tell the rugby bits, the, 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 the faithful dirt trackers, have you and Cooks set aside your beef? Is the beef still going on? What, what's the status here? Tala, I've just come back from a holiday and I'm nice and chilled and everything, man. And uh, all of a sudden there's some beef and you need, you need to enlighten me. Have I just forgotten the beef with Cooks or, or is there something that he's been talking shit about while I've been gone? <laughs> I've, just, I've just been dropping highballs for you, Jared, to come back, to come, as you come back and you just, you just come back to bombs. And to be fair, Tala, um, Jared said he was he's available at, um, I think he said six, I didn't realize that he's in the UK. So I thought, okay, cool. I'm going to come on at five. And then meanwhile, I forgot that we're actually behind time. So <laughs> it's actually more of a coincidence than, than, than actually planned. Yeah, you see, okay. uh, Tala, Cooks is uh, being loud because Finn Russell hasn't played rugby in a while. Yeah, he didn't get thrust <laughs> in, into any of the playoffs. So he's, he's got a clean slate now that he's heading to Bath um, on the club scene. But once it comes to pool stages in the World Cup, we... We might not have such a loud cooks anymore. No, hundred percent. I've got to get the. I've got, I've got that. Get the jokes out now. At least I know domestically the jokes will end. Because I mean, if, as long as Finn keeps Bath out of relegation zone, and there's a trophy for the for the Bath faithful. <laughs> yeah, you see, but the Premiership is ring fence, so he's he's pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, hundred percent. He's pretty safe. And plus, I mean, what. All you gotta do is come eighth, and they can still play. You can still play in Europe, so it's fine. Yeah, let's not start with that. <laughs> it just mustn't ensure that the club runs out of money. Then, then they're all good, basically. Yeah, hundred, like hundred, hundred percent. I can't wait for it when it's just Saracens. When it's just Saracens, Saracens at the end, what extra extra stage, just basically playing twenty times with each other for for about two, for about three months. <laughs> that, that's that's where the way that that league is going. Yeah, they're gonna. You're going to have to just do like what Super Rugby, uh, like Australian fans want for Super Rugby is that their five teams play each other for like 20 weeks. And then you're going to have to go <laughs> to something like that now. Oh my goodness. Well, gents, we have um, a lot of rugby to get through. And yeah, we are probably going to do a two-parter for this episode. We're also going to switch out Jared for Sean because of load shading as well. So yeah, let's get into it. Let's start with the top 14 final with um, Toulouse beating La Rochelle, 29 points to 26. And I think, Jared, we can only start at the end, where Romain Antemak has a pretty good first half in my, in my books, but just had a really bad 15 minutes where he was just kicking the ball. He kicked that um, penalty too far, doing a Andre Pollard impersonation there. A few kicks, a few knock-ons, a few times he ran the ball when he shouldn't have. And you're thinking, flip, Roman Tamak is about to actually like sell this final off to La Rochelle. And then, Jared, what the hell happens after that? Yeah, I think uh, Fabian Galtier was considering his options of uh, what to happen at the World <laughs> Cup, whether he takes uh, Louis Cobnau, if he looks at Enzo Irv at uh, Breve, and I'd, and then all of a sudden, Intermac just went like, shit, okay, I've got this. And he, 
I don't know how he got man of the match. Like you said, he played like decently in the first half, but then he gets man of the match because of that moment. And yeah, m- maybe I'm being a bit harsh and that moment obviously won the game for them. But yeah, the the way he just drifted onto um, Dupont's pass pretty much took Satuni out of the game completely as he shot up. And then what just raced away from four tacklers um, and scored a 60-meter stunner, which was just outrageous. It, re- it really was just outrageous. And, yeah, you, it, it, that's the sad thing about playing against Toulouse is you can put up your best performance and then they'll come back and they'll just have that one moment of brilliance that absolutely undoes you and that, that that's your game. Because for, what was it, a 75 minutes of the match, it was all La Rochelle. It just... It just felt like it was going to be a La Rochelle title. It's fueling the stadiums, like the way the crowd was going. It, they were cheering them on and the Toulouse fans were quieter. And yeah, it's, it's, it's just, it was just brilliant. And the way he took it, it was insane. I, I keep on saying this like he's a psychopath and the, this <laughs> is just further proof of that. Like to put everything that he did for 75 minutes to one side and then just for 40 seconds absolutely do something insanely world-class brilliant and to win the match and for, for once he actually looked a bit shaken after he scored the try like he wasn't too sure how to celebrate and then the, the half a second later he was, he was in the crowd with Antoine Dupont on the, on, on the side of him kind of thing. Yeah, I think, you know, Jack, you've, you've, you've nailed it. Like, that was just a moment where he just decided, okay, let me just be world-class for the next 20 seconds and do yeah. something absolutely ridiculous on the field. Yeah, Cooks, let's go to you. I mean, this was, we've had a a whole, um, like, few weeks of just brilliant finals in, in the URC. Um, the, the Champions Cup obviously was a great final, and this top 14 final might have been the best of the bunch, but... If you look at the stats of the game, it was even, like to the point that La Rochelle just made only one more tackle than Toulouse made, and they both missed 23 tackles each. Like there wasn't really much of a difference between the two teams. They both beat 23 defenders. They, you know, there wasn't really anything separating them. Like this was just high quality rugby from both teams. Yeah, I mean, he didn't know on the head. I mean, if it's that close, it's it, like Jared said, it actually goes down to. You have someone like Tomac, you have Dupont and you have Ramos who at any given moment can be like, you know what, it's time for us to pull pull something out the hat that no other players can do. I mean, we've seen Dupont do freaky stuff where it, it changes the tides of the game. Where, whereas like, and sometimes a game like that and a final like that, which is a very, very good game, it is great when it's actually capped off by a, a moment of magic. And what Tomac did, I mean, he will, will now especially is that for him to do that in a final, I mean, that clip and that trial will probably go on for, for years and years and years. We'll, we'll probably we never stop seeing it. I mean, that's I mean, a 60-minute trial from your 10 to, to, to win a final is exceptional. But um, yeah, you are right. We've, we've had a great, great run of finals. Only It's actually fitting that the Curry Cup final is the last one and the Subaru final. I mean, I know I, I know the Cheetahs and the Pumas have got something for us. I, I, I'm backing them to, to pull off to pull off an, an absolute cracker as well. I mean, Blues and I mean, Crusaders and Cheese, that's going to be a cracker as well. But yeah, I mean, Flip, we've been, we've been very, very spoiled with some great games this year, some great finals, and hopefully it's a good omen leading up to the big, big, big one in, in, in October. 
Yeah, Cooks, you you raise an interesting points with the that Intermac try. Um, can you guys think of a greater try scored in a final of a let's say domestic competition? Because everyone's going to come with the with the Colby score or the Mapimpi score, but a, a try so crucial to the result of a um, a club competition final. The one that springs to mind for me is um, was it was Kenya. Um, against the Crusaders in, I, I can't even remember, but the, the Reds title winning season. Was that 2010, 2011? 2011. Yeah, let's take you to 2007. Cooks, I think you're about to probably say no, that. I, was about, I, was I remember that. one I young... That fellas Who cares? 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 Okay, I will for once be gracious and not and not gloat about the greatest try ever scored in, in at Kings Park. First stage had a fun touch. That's all he had to do. But anyway, don't don't get me going. But I was actually going to praise the Bulls twice, and then you now you almost ruined that because I was going to say if you remember the Bulls, the Franco Hochot try he scored against the Stormers that inside ball that was also a very very good try. And I'm I was about to say like. <laughs> I remember Fred Dupree scoring, a, creating an absolute unbelievable try from a kickoff against the Chiefs. But I remember the Bulls scored about ninety-five tries that day, so I don't know which one. I don't know which one was crucial, the first one, or like the <laughs> like the eighth try. I mean, the, the Chiefs still I mean, the, the absolute hiding. But yeah, I think the Guinea one is in that mold of the the Tamak one because I mean, like the Guinea try also came absolutely out of nowhere, and yeah, without that, I mean. The, if, I remember Dan Carter scored also a great little individual trial. We got the ports. Just, I think just inside the 22, grab a pickup, step the fullback, and then almost got overshadowed by Wilginia basically running 60 meters and and winning the game. So I think Tamak is definitely up in that, in that echelon of great, great finals trials. Um, Jared, just to go back to you, just in terms of just individual performances that were that stood out for you in that game. I mean, obviously we had... Um, you know, what, 70, 80% of the France um, match day 23 there and obviously some special players from around the world too. Who who stood out for you on Saturday? Yeah, uh, I, I think um, Manny Miafu was a standout for Toulouse. Um, it was great to see both him and Will Skelton on the pitch at the same time. I think they actually both had quite good games, but I think Manny had a bigger one. Um yeah, he managed to flatten Lavani Bottia, which is not an easy task in itself. So, yeah, I think I think he had a, quite a good game. Uh, surprisingly, I thought that um, Anton Dupont actually had quite a quite a quiet game and uh, wasn't quite impactful um, as he normally is in this kind of game. He's normally one of the guys that rise to this kind of occasions. But yeah, the the two locks were standout for me. Um, I think Kerbala had another solid game, um, but but yeah, those I I I think both teams had quite a like had pretty strong performances, and the standouts like are, are quite um it's it's quite difficult to call out some of the standouts. I think uh yeah the the last ones I could maybe go to is uh, the Larishal bench um they their front row that came off from the bench just started to get the upper hand and. Yeah, it it could have paid off for them, but ultimately didn't. Yeah, I I felt like Greg Aldred was just harassing Dupont at every ruck, and clearly the plan from La Rochelle was 
any time that like obviously to compete in the rucks like as much as possible and just make sure that Dupont sees a lot of bodies and, and pressure when 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 he gets the ball. And ironically enough, Dupont was able to probably yeah, probably one of his mo- most successful runs was the one that he the snipe that he took to create um to Max try at the end. But yeah, I think uh Aldred was great. And I think Bruce Dulan, he's probably stamped himself into the World Cup squad. Like his kicking performance was special on, on Saturday. He was controlling the game from from the back and just making sure that there was always pressure on to lose. I mean, he shows the limits of Thomas Ramos. Um and you know <laughs> that his Maxi Madadness can can sometimes work against you. But he was absolutely solid there from the back. Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair to say, Tala. And uh, yeah, I, I I sort of forgot. Um, to, I'll put my hands up and forget. But uh, Jack Willis was flipping outstanding again. Um, I think he's going to be a sure. real threat for England um, this World Cup if if they not with him starting and Zach Mercer at number eight because I think Mercer will ultimately take that number eight jersey and getting either Lewis Ludlam or Courtney Laws playing in that blindside role. They've got a hell of a back row that uh, they've got going there. And yeah, we saw a lot of pictures of Aldrich after the final. Um, much like Lades, he was broken after that. And yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Yeah, he actually had a he had a big game. And uh, I actually think that Alexander Rumat put his hand up and possibly caught the eye of Galtier and might uh, get his way into the squad as well. He's he's also just such a brilliant line-out option, but uh, yeah, it's not like France are really short on those right now. Yeah, I yeah, I feel so sorry for Dylan Lakes. Like, he ultimately misses the tackle on Tamak. I mean, not really anything he could have done differently because he was trying to stop a five-on-one that happened because Suteni um, shot up. So he was sort of caught in no man's land and Tamak just, he was trying to cover the outside and Tamak, you know, took the dummy and, and went inside and, and, and just burnt him. So yeah, obviously he, he feels quite bad, but yeah, it, it, he had a really good game, I think, before that as well. Cooks, yeah, I, I think, oh, Jay, do you want to go? Yeah, yeah I, I, I was just going to agree with you with that uh, analysis of that try. Um, there's also... The dead ball arena made did a really good thread on Twitter mm. to uh, on that try. Just a shout out to him and go check it out. Yeah. So I, another player I just remember to shout out is Paul. Um, I don't know how to say his surname. Buda, Budant. I don't know how you say his surname, Jared. Buda, it's the, all, yeah, I think you got it. Yeah, the the blindside flank. I only checked. He's twenty three again. France doesn't really need more good loose forwards. They kind of like the the spring box with that. But he was working his butt off the whole game and, and he got to every like tackle and collision that he could get. Um, obviously, Francois Crow was amazing as he usually is as well. And shout out to my boy, Santi Chikabaris, for, for scoring the opening try too. Um, Cooks, I think what's scary for the rest of the world is that basically France is obviously trying to combine the two uh, styles of, you know, the 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 physicality and the directness of La Rochelle and obviously the big bodies that they have there with the bullshit <laughs> for lack of a better term that Toulouse has an attack like yeah that's absolutely scary for the rest of the world it's like I always have this chat with people when you, when you speak about like France and 
the World Cup and you and you get the people who in this camp like, yeah, but France, like, you never know what's going to happen with the French. I'm like, yes, we that was a great argument until Fabian Gartier took forward, like, took over the job. We know what's going to happen is they still, they're a boring version of what they used to do, what they used to be with absolute freaks in Pont and like Tamako can turn it on and athletic, like, flipping freaks athletically like Cameron Walkie who can, Walkie who can do absolute mayhem whenever you need to and the rest of the world and it's like, I always feel like there's a lot of casual fans who guys on auto watch top 14 or will be in for a rude awakening when they watch a lot more France and they realize that how so how much more structured they are, how much depth they have in the forwards. Um, and then obviously you combine that with the absolute freak into Pont. I, I don't think the world is ready to see the chaos that is, that is Thomas Ramos and, and I mean, whatever we wouldn't, we never know what, what he's going to get. He's, I, mean, I think he's, he's basically, I think that's, that's Tom Wright's hero, but, just that Thomas Ramos is, actually doesn't catch on nonsense more than I. <laughs> I think that's the best way to describe Thomas Ramos. Um, but um, like, I just think that the like world rugby is like a lot of fans, casual fans, like they keep riding off France and saying, "No, man, like like they're up and down." And I'm just like, guys, I mean, I, don't, I think France have probably lost the least amount of games out of all. I don't think they've lost more than four or five games leading up to the, the World Cup, and the games. I mean, the, the, and two of those mm-hmm. games happened when they sent like a seaside to Australia. And lost and lost AC and and lost and lost a series. I mean, I remember them the focus on the June series in depth where they've gone to Australia without Ndamak and Dupont and they they top twenty three players and sort of then, then they come back and discover someone like Jamine and, and players like that. So now they've got all this incredible depth that's been tested as well. And now they've got arguably the best competition in the world, they've got the best player in the world. And yeah, and like you said, it's gonna be a lot, of, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of fans in SA are in for big, big, big rude awakening, and it scares me to think we we playing the All Blacks over them in the quarterfinal, especially the French at home. But um, yeah, fluff, yeah, well, I think France is in a very, very good place at the moment. Cook, so I, I, I don't want to go against what you're saying because I, I, I do agree with you that um, this isn't the the France of old, but. The fact is, is that they've still got guys like Thomas Ramos and Damien Penno in their team. And those two guys, as world-class as they are, they can do some batshit crazy things that can ultimately cost them. And the, the thing that I'm holding on to is that they haven't done something outrageously <laughs> crazy for about 18 months. They haven't done it for like 18 months for France. Which, which I think Galtier is going to like, he's, he's, he's going to throw Damien Peno to play like fly half or outside center <laughs> or something stupid like that during the warm up games and say, come on, Damien, just get it out of your system yeah, now. Do it now before we like, you, you know, do like in a World Cup quarterfinal or, or you're doing the All Blacks in the fourth game. But you're all right. Yeah. Like, there is that hope for me. And I think, Jared, like what scares you the most, like you're all right. You, you get the likes of the, the, the Damien Penos and, and Thomas Ramos and, who are due to do some batch of crazy things. But then behind that is a Gail Fick who's Mr. Reliable there to sort of clean up every mess they had. And, you know, the, I mean, the Aldrich and the Crow and the Flamin. Like, it's almost like they've got enough stability to sort of cover the batch of craziness. And, and what scares me the most is the, the, when they start doing batch of stuff, it's, it, it tends to work as well, especially like someone like DuPont and Damien Puno, who somehow it's a, he's got four defenders in front of him and somehow he ends up at the bottom of the in the middle of the polls and it's a try. You don't know how it happened. And Thomas Ramos 
will do something crazy and you're like, what like what am I or like what are we watching? I mean Sharks fans are probably still haunted by DuPont, Damark and Thomas Ramos. I mean, you know, in the in the quarterfinal of the mm. of the Champions Cup. But um yeah, Flip the French are scary and it's like the death is the death is what is what flipping scares me the most. No, agreed, man. Agreed. We, we we even we even haven't seen Arthur Vincent for a long time, and he's in their squad. I mean, he's he was uh, right up there in their senses and playing wing, and that uh, not too long ago. And yeah, he's just been injured so much, but Galtier has still picked him with no top fourteen minutes behind his name, and he's back in it. Yeah, I'm just worried that they will. Because I think they try to be too much like Toulouse in the last, you know, six or eight months in the November series and in um, in the Six Nations. They tried to be, you know, they got some heat from the crowd about kicking too much and all that sort of stuff. And it seemed like they were trying to be all ball in hand, especially in that island game. That was one example of that. And they don't need to do that. They just need to be direct. They need to do all of those pick up and goes where they just suck everyone into sort of the contact area and obviously have all those big bodies just carrying the ball all um, on and on and on and on. And then they go out wide and, and, and get whatever they want from that. So if they can just do 10% more La Rochelle in the game plan and 10% less of Toulouse, but obviously have it still that ability to just to turn on the, the craziness and, and the, the, the world-classness, if you can say like that, of... Pinot, Dupont, and Tamak, and, and those sort of players, then yeah, they'll be they'll be fantastic. Like yeah, we we've spoken about France a lot of times, and I'm sure we'll speak about it in the next few weeks. But yeah, a team that doesn't really have too many evident weaknesses right now. Okay, um, we can or yeah, I don't know if there's any yeah, no one else wants to say anything. Okay, let's move on then. Or oh, Jared, yeah, yeah, I I, I do think we. Uh, and he throw a little bit of shade at uh, Ronan Ogara for calling uh, Toulouse a average team after the match, and that they're now going to brag what? about selling everyone. Yeah, did you not? Did you not see that? I didn't see. I didn't hear that. No. What? What did Ogara yeah, say? Yeah. So I, I, I'm I, I'm going to pull up the exact quote because I don't want to misquote him. But he did call them an an average team. Um, just give Give me a second. Sorry. To be fair, uh, it's Ogara has never minced his 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 dislike for Toulouse. I mean, it's 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 not a it's it's, yeah. it's, it's I think Ogara hates Toulouse as much as Tier Two Rugby hates Ron Ogara. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's in that same boat, in that that same line. So, so Gora's uh, direct yeah. quote: "So there was not much difference between the two teams. Maybe it's okay to say the better team lost. I've got a great group, but we are frustrated. We played an average Toulouse team who took advantage of our mistakes. I don't agree that it was a great Toulouse side. I could accept defeats if they scored four good tries, but that's not what we saw. So, quite a bit of saltiness Ooh. in that." <laughs> That is, wow, yeah, an average to loser. That is, oh my yeah. word, that is, that is can, they, can they play again next week? I would kill, I would kill for the Bulls to be the average then. <laughs> don't, don't we all wish that, Tala? Not about the Bulls, but yeah. <laughs> um, guys, what are we going to do about this, like, triple threat, like, 
circle that's never going to end between La Rochelle, Toulouse, and Leinster. Like, we need to do something because someone needs to break the cycle now. Well, well, the Stormers probably have the best chance if we're honest about it because the Sharks uh, are playing in the Challenge Cup next season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, not much we can do from the Challenge Cup. Um, yeah, you're right. Someone, yeah. Someone's going to do something about this. And so far, it's, it's great when... And as long as Leinster end up losing, so it's hard for me to 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 complain. But let me not say that before I get banned from Ireland. I'm sure that our Irish subscribers. <laughs> uh, is it is it too soon to start throwing some weight behind Munster, or um, is everyone still a little bit sore from the Stormers' loss? Yeah, absolutely. We can still add some <laughs> some love to Munster. I mean, they did help boost the economy and uh, by buying all the beers in, in Cape Town. So we we got to give them a little bit of love. No, exactly. Yeah, we need to find a way to 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 solve that. Okay, let's move to um, another big um, set of knockout games in the Curry Cup. Um, the Free State Cheetahs thrashed the Bulls, thirty nine points to ten, and the Pumas beat the Sharks, um, twenty six points to twenty, away from home. Um, yeah, let's start with. <laughs> I don't know if we can talk about uh, <laughs> some of the coverage of the Cheetahs Bulls game. But just with regards yeah, to Jared Alzheimer's. <laughs> Do I it because I, 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 I quote retweeted your, your comments about it. So, so go for it. <laughs> Jared, okay, let me put it to you. Who, who, who had a worse Saturday doing their job? Nas Porter or Jake White? That, yes, it's okay. No, I, I don't know how to answer that one, but I because I, I think it's pretty damn close. It, it's, it's a coin toss, but... At the moment, I, I still think Jake can turn things around. I, I don't think that's the, the same thing for, applies to Nas Boerter. Yeah, I, I, I love the Oak. Like, he, he was, like, I, I love him because he's rugby for me as a kid. Like, it's very nostalgic. But, like, the nostalgia only lasts for, like, five minutes. And then he starts talking about modern-day rugby in terms of the... Uh, uh, of the amateur era and we get analysis yeah. of the amateur era and how they you can't kick a ball like that and that you need to keep it closer <laughs> to your body and in, instead of talking about like the great rush defense of the cheaters to close down your own horse and he's too busy talking about uh Horson's kicking technique and yeah, it, it 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 was just it was all over the place, and he just sounds too old. Like his his takes on rugby are just far too outdated. And honestly, I th- I think it's time, guys. Like, yeah, he, he's a, he's a legend of the Springboks. He's a legend of Supersport, but like he's starting to tarnish his reputation as a, a Supersport analyst. I genuinely believe that Supersport forgets that they employ him, and he mm. just pops up. <laughs> every few weeks to a curry cup or whatever game. And then they're like, Oh yeah, Nas. Oh, good to see you, man. Whoops. We got yeah. to, <laughs> we got to take you off the payroll, but yeah, like it's, 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 uh, it's getting to a point where it's actually, I don't know. I, I, I think I was where Jared was a few years ago, but now I'm at that point. I'm like, Oh, it's so nice to see him <laughs> just to see that he's <laughs> still alive and thinking. They can keep him on the payroll and, and let him be like an ambassador. Like then when they put him up in the boxes, <laughs> let him like when all the clients come over, let him like chill with them and watch the game with them. Like that that's a great experience. Like I, I would do that. Like I'd be keen for that. But 
to a serious. I think that's like, Cooks's I, job now. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to throw too much shade, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I do think it's time, guys. <laughs> no, and Cooks, just I, I, hearing your podcast last week about your love for Ron Pinot at ten, and yeah, how you still think he was the ten that we were that we missed. I mean, you must have felt very validated from the performance this Saturday. I mean, Pinar was just great, obviously, off the tee. He was great running the game. He really gave space and time to Kassende and Mafura out wide to, to cause havoc. And he really didn't give the Bulls anything in terms of territory as well. Like, that was a, a great 10 performance from Ron Pinar. I mean, I can sit here and be super and let, like, analyze it like from what he did. Or I'm gonna speak here from the heart, and and from the heart is put him in the team. Send him to France this time. <laughs> I've seen enough. Put him in the team. That's a joke. And even started ten. But we we can deal. Apollo's been great for for Lesser Tigers and all that. But it's, it's comes time now. Put Ron at ten. Take us to the promised land, Ron. Oh, it was so good to watch. I felt like I, I honestly thought I was it was like 2008 all over again. I thought P. Dovey was was was, was uh, rubbing his mustache, calling the Tiger Woods of rugby. Uh, he, he probably had a squad uh, glass of coke to celebrate. I mean, that's how good uh, Ron Pinar was. I mean, I mean, he didn't give the Bulls a, a Bulls a sniff, and I thought of his achievements. I mean, they, they have been, they have been a very, very good old campaign. And shame the Bulls. Like, I think the Bulls and the Sharks must have been so excited for the season to come to an end. As a Sharks fan, I was like, yeah, okay, like, yeah, this is coming in now. Like, I'm tired of this. Like, can you just like, like, just just close the slate and just move on. The Bulls. Also the same, I was like, my, I had a friend of mine who was a Bulls fan, also, about halftime, he was like, you know what, I'm done with the season. Like, can we just stop now? Like, you, you said you'd have been more annoyed if they got to the Curry Cup final and be like, I've got to watch this, like this, I've got to watch the season go on for an, like another week, but another, yeah, another 80 minutes, minutes but Holland uh, <laughs> Pino was, was fantastic. And um, I'm, I, I'm happy to, I'm happy if, if, any, if, if, if push comes to shove, if we need a, a Stephen Donald, I can't think of a better, more bolder, Boulders in terms of decision and hair style choice to pick as our Stephen Donald if we need someone in Paris to come to come give us a miracle. Yeah, keep his family in Spain or in Italy or the south of France for for the whole September and October. I think I, I will agree with that suggestion. Like Rompino, as it's almost like you know, there's a quote of "Live long enough or die here, or live long enough to be a villain." Like for me, because I was definitely in that the early 2010s of that Pinar hate train. I'll, I'll happily admit it because I was just like, this guy just takes so long to clear the ball. But he's lived long enough now that he's a hero again. So yeah, I, I'm of course you hate him, him because you, all you Bulls fans, you guys wanted Heino, Heino, Adam, Heino Adams to play for the Springboks. That's why you're basically <laughs> hating on every flipping <laughs> truck scrum off there was. Yeah, I know you Bulls Oaks. You guys are the, the worst in the world in between 2010 and 20, between 2007, 2011 when you're winning stuff. You wanted everyone to play. You're, Francho Hard needed to be the the scrum of the reserve scrum of Yeah, and, and you want yeah. roots. That's what you want. You, you want roots to go to the World Cup over Percy Montgomery. I know you guys. I know I, <laughs> you like those those Twitter back in those days. <laughs> the, didn't the weren't the Bulls fans planning a strike because um, uh, the roots didn't get in and Francois Stein did and see how that turned Something out. Something like, I remember that. I really remember that. Probably shouting at Jake, saying like, you, you can't pick kids when you've got the likes of you and Ruth. I'm like, come on guys. What are we, like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I'm sure you want Gary. We wanted Gary Boerter to be Springbok captain instead of John Smith as well. You probably wanted Yago Engels to play for the Springboks, but you, then you remember he's Namibian, so you're like, oh, damn. So we can't get him in as well. <laughs> 
No, we, we were running some shameless agendas back in the day. Cooks, um, I don't know if you saw, um, <laughs> so um, Mafura and Kasende were just causing havoc um, for, the, for the Bulls and, and, and poor David Creel just got sent to the shops by Kasende with the nastiest step you'll see in your life. And then I don't know if Stienkamp saw that and decided he has to take things personally. But Stienkamp, the first thing he does when he comes onto the field, he, I think it was Kasende jumping for the ball and he just runs under him. And, and obviously he lands badly um, from the air. Nothing happened, luckily. But I think Stienkamp was just like, I've had enough of seeing you guys just take all my teammates. I need to take matters to my own hands. No, 100%. But like, that's exactly what happened. Before his, and also, but even um, Johan Horsten as well, he's just like, when the ball got kicked back to him, he's like, he had like a thousand meters yes. and, 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 like, and, and, and five hours to make a decision. He's like, I'm just going to bounce my foot up. That's, that's, that's what I'm going to do. And it was just the ball. Like, what is going on here? Like, wh- why are they trying to take my man out? But also, I had a, I had a good chuckle at, um, when, when, obviously, when the, when, when, the, when the guy got taken out in the air. And I was like, do you remember when in World Rugby, like a couple of years ago, that was the thing. If you, if you take a guard in the air, you, it's, it's a different red card. There's no debate about it. I mean, Koga mm-hmm. Smith probably still hasn't slept because of the Super Rugby final because of that. And then World Rugby just woke up one day. You're like, they're like, you know what? Hmm. We'll see. Sometimes you, sometimes you give it a card. Sometimes we'll play on. So, like, I'm just, I literally feel like one day World Rugby was like, you know what? We're hard for two years. Like, let's, let's let guys together in the air. If it's, if, it, if it's that bad, we might give a yellow. Like, it's like, I'm just, it's like I was thinking like, what, what, what ever happened to that? Like, you walk right, just like just get over that, just get over being harsh on that rule. I'm like, we just focus on, just focus on on high tackles now. That, that's going to be our new. That's where we're gonna. That's where we're gonna go flip and try and give it our red cards. So, so cook. So, are you insinuating that this is what's happening with the Sexton situation as well? Is that they were too harsh on Rassi? They let in a slide with Sexton, and they now targeting <laughs> tweets. No, 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 no. Sexton is to sit for fifty four weeks. That's what he needs to do. He's, He's going 54, jeez. He's going to shut his damn mouth. That's what he needs to do. He needs to go. Yeah. Imagine, 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 imagine I come to your office and I call your boss a fucking disgrace. I don't, I don't even work there. I'm not even supposed to be there that day. I'm not even supposed to be there. Like, I'm not even playing. Just walk in your office like, can tell her please come to the podcast today? No, he's busy. You're a fucking disgrace. Like, you, can't just, you can't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, jeez. He wasn't even playing. Like, Sexton wasn't even playing. He wasn't even playing. But somehow he managed to get up. He went to all the way to the referees, referees um, office and then off of the field. So no, he's whatever you can you can be chill for four fifty four weeks. Uh, that that should be that should be <laughs> bang for him. I love that I brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it while wearing that like chino and um, white shoe, white um, like white sneakers um, uh, combo as well. Like this man's was dressed like a southern suburbs dad and he was shouting like a southern suburbs dad at the referee like yeah no, he, yeah I, I i definitely support a bad just for that no no in 16 i guess in so his that, mind he probably thought like it's like if i'm not wearing my kit they won't recognize who i am i think if they don't see me in my <laughs> kit they won't recognize who i am as he's like they know his face so he's pretty good there's like oh sorry guys i thought they'll think i'm one of the coaches like no but it's you johnny Sexton, the captain of the team like we know who you are we're like you're the war player of the year no, we, yeah, just, <laughs> sort of a big, a big sidetracker to Johnny Sexton. But yes, the Bulls, their season is mercifully over. Um, I don't know, yeah, maybe another podcast, but we can talk about what the hell they need to do for in the future because, yeah, it's not looking good. Players are looking old. 
Johan Hulsen looks like he should be uh, the captain of the Houston Sabercats and the MLR. And like, yeah, we, we need to stop everything now. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair, Tala. It, it, I, I think um, when Cook says, no, that the Bulls just want their season to be over and so do the Sharks to a degree and they like it is now. But it, it looked like that when they were playing on, on Saturday. Like it just looked like the guys were, were done. And yeah, I think you, you're right. We do have to uh, put a whole podcast together just for it to address it. But uh, I, I don't think things are very good in Pretoria. And start to question whether Jake should be going into a more off-field coaching role or or if there needs to be mass changes made at Bulls. Cooks, any last words about the Sharks and they lost to the Pumas this season? Oh, man. You can just basically queue up all our podcasts from or, or when the season starts, September last year to about February this year and all our thoughts about the Sharks. They'll answer every question about how the Sharks won Saturday. Again, just, I don't know what, they, the Curry Cup side especially looked, I mean, I thought Joy was doing a very good job. They looked, especially in attack, they looked like they were playing good rugby. And then I know Joy did mention that he made a few mistakes in the starting lineup and took it up quite a bit. But just, yeah, just the Pumas were outstanding on the weekend. I just, they, 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 they came out of the blocks exceptionally, exceptionally hot. And the Sharks, again, just, so it just felt like they just, yeah, I don't want to say lifeless, but just more like just, just performances wasn't there. But um, yeah, again, I think it's just the season where the ch- there's all a whole bunch of changes coming. I think for the Sharks, yeah, just one game too many. And at least in, in Kayserian, the, the school's rugby is good. In Pretoria, I think they need to like shut down rugby for like, at least for the, until <laughs> December. Like rugby is a, they need to, they, like we, we was involved in rugby from Baliki rugby to to, to take what they need to find, they need to get in a room together and just sit down and, and cleanse and find a, a cow or, or go to slaughter. And I don't know what's going on there. When Dux is playing, <laughs> they were relegated, bulls on stage, they couldn't, they lost to Griffins. You're right. I mean, if it weren't for Hasfontein actually winning games, I mean, there'll be, I mean, Afi's lost 60 points to Great Bloom. Your uh, uh, rugby as a whole in Pretoria just needs to, it's like, it like, it needs to, it needs to find themselves. The women's team's only, is only like bright spark in the union at the moment. So then, yeah, it's like, mm-hmm. they need to like, it's like, it's like, a, like, a, it's like a kid in, in matric who doesn't want to study anything. They, they need a gap here just to go and go, go, go travel, go on a Kentucky tour or something, just to like figure out what they want to do because it's been a tough, tough, tough six months for Pretoria. Yeah, not even Bulliki rugby coming in for slander. Like, that's when you know it's bad. Um, yeah. I think yeah, Sharks, Bulls, we can sort of put them in the same category, like just not producing what they're supposed to. Yeah, it's just... But since, you know, every week there's a new set of fans that champion a, a, a South African fly half. Last week it was the whole Rob Dupree show. I think this week Cooks is going to start a run Pinar movement. But let's just shout out Tinas De Beer as well. I think he needs a bit of a movement. Like he can be our fourth choice fly half in the World Cup. So... Shout out to Tinas De Beer for a great season for the Pumas. Jared? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, I think uh, just in general, the Jimmy's team needs a little bit of a, of a shout out. They reach in the final again. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's it's not your traditional Curry Cup uh, powerhouse, but uh, they're they starting to make good waves. And yeah, I, I think you're right. Uh, Tinas does deserve a little bit of love. And uh he, he was linked to um, the Dragons for next season and it looks like the Welsh Rugby Union blocked that move. So 
so yeah, hopefully, hopefully he gets a little bit more um, clout if he goes and helps the Pumas to to another title. But uh, let's hope that doesn't happen because we all know what happens when the Cheetahs win a uh, win the Curry Cup in a World Cup year. Well, for Tears to be a sec, I mean, he, he must be bleak. He's not going to the Dragons because the, the way things are going in Wales, he could have found himself playing a World Cup. I mean, that's that's how bad he is looking for players on that side. But um, also shout out to the Cheetahs as well. I mean. I think for them as well, I mean, it's, it has, I mean, obviously they play Challenge Cup, but you know, to have two non-URC sides, I think for them, they're giving a big, um, a big, a, a, a big F you to, to Saru saying that, that they can also still perform without, and they still, and then the non-powerhouse, especially the Cheetahs, I mean, I, I'm sure they, they're probably worried that when the Curry Cup, they might, be, they might get kicked out of this competition as well, the way they're going at the moment, but <laughs> they, they, they like it's been the last couple of years, but. Yeah, I think yeah, it's great to actually see the Pumas and Cheetahs. I think I think it's gonna be an absolute cracker of a Curry Cup final, and it wouldn't surprise me if Jimmy goes to Bluffington and gets the job done. Okay, so I think let's, in terms at least of this part of the program, oh, very quickly. Um, so Jared, you're supporting the Cheetahs. You want obviously that streak to continue. Cooks, Cheetahs or Pumas? Uh, Pumas, because I really want to see Jimmy Stone sing the national anthem again. Oh, or, 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 halftime. Like, I can't wait for him to perform so well that the, he, he, he does in February, he does the Super Bowl show. It's, I'm ready to see his, um, his full, his full on, full on concert. Yeah, we need to see the Sweet Caroline happening at halftime as well. Um, just to move to now, let's talk a bit of um, Springbok squad news. Um, yeah, there's been a few storylines that have been happening in the course of the week, but yeah, just to summarize them, Jean Klein has been um, approved to switch back to South Africa, so now he is in line to make his debut for the Springboks in the Rugby Championship. We've obviously, during the course of last week, had Elton Yankees join the squad because of injury concerns to um, Damien Willemsa and Andre Pollard. There's also been the idea mooted of Andre Pollard playing at 12 with Damien Willemsa at 10, which is quite interesting. And Rassi Rasmus has confirmed, or Jacques Ninob has confirmed, that we're going to have a two-squad system for the rugby championship. So one squad will play the Wallabies um, at, in Pretoria, and then the other squad will go to Mount Smart Stadium to, to play, the New, play New Zealand the next week. So I think let's start with um, the, 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 the Alton Yankees return <laughs> and the furrow that has caused in social media. Uh, Cooks... It's, yeah, obviously we know, obviously, that Alton is always in line for any t- type of slander from South African rugby Twitter. But, and yes, uh, Rob Dupree has played really well for the sales Sharks, but I, I don't know. I'm just in the position that I, I would never expect a new fly-off, a completely new fly-off to come into the, uh, into the system a few weeks from the World Cup. Oh, Tyler, I hate it when you come here with, with, just, with just common sense, Tyler. Why do you bring common sense to the podcast? Uh, I mean... That's what I'd like, I'll say on Twitter as well. Like, it's just, you can't expect the Springboks to bring in a whole new, to have two inexperienced flowers. Let's say, for example, they bring in a Rob Dupree or a Sia Masuku or, do you know what I mean? Now you've got Lebok who still needs, obviously still needs time in the saddle and to see if he's, if he obviously can make a step up in the next level. I mean, it was in, a, in a World Cup, yeah. And now you want to bring in a, another flower and, and they will have to play against Australia. So it's like, why not go with the, the tried and tested option, the guy who the Springboks feel won't let them down, the guys, and was also played rugby. He's, he's been playing rugby and 
Last year, the, the knock on him was he didn't play enough rugby, but now he's gone through a full season and he's played rugby. And you know with Elton, you know what you're going to get. And the Springboks know, know, know exactly what he's going to give them. And it's another experienced head. And as any the, the big aspect is he does get to help Manila Bok as well. With no Pollard and uh, no Pollard, I think Pollard out definitely. And Willem says it looks like he's likely to be out. Imagine having to throw, and also some of the, some of the box, the starters will be in New Zealand as well. So Lebok could, could find himself without any other experienced flower to sort of help him in the transition. Now at least you'll have Elton, someone who's, who's been there, he's won a World Cup, he's been in the mix. The coaches trust him. The players know him. So it's just, it, 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 it was always the right fit. And I think also it's a, three more kids to kill two birds with one stone. I think they will obviously want to have one last look at Elton. There is, a, there is a part of me that feels like if Elton does get through the championship well, that the coaches, I mean, he does a special place for the coaches that he could find himself on a flight to Paris and maybe Damien Williamson might sort of just be focused on playing 12 and 15 as opposed to him being the 13. But yeah, that's my take. I just think it was the most easiest decision to make and a lot of people want the Springboks to move on from from Alton Yankees, but not in the World Cup here, not when you, you, not, not when you have no time, you have six tests for the Springboks to to get to gain to gain some some continuity, just his English cooks continuity, and and obviously bring in a few combos and get guys playing, get guys playing test match rugby again. So you have no time to breed in two and and two different tens. But so that's that's my take on a ten. And Elton is there there ready, and he was injured cover. So yeah, he comes straight in. Jared, I loved your tweet this week about. <laughs> it seems like every few weeks there's a new set of fans or there's been there's now a new set of fans of Rob Dupre that he's never had since well forever yeah I I understand that he's had like a hell of a good season at Sale Sharks and I I get why people are sort of backing him for for a recall to the Springboks but uh like Cooks has said in pretty big detail that uh the the box obviously trust Alton like they I I I think it was that you who said it that um the the Springboks aren't picking on morals or anything like that. We've we've seen some of that in the past already. So, like if he's if he's the guy that they trust on the field, that's the guy that they're going to pick. And yeah, I, I I can't blame them for going for Alton, and I also can't blame them for not um, picking Rob Dupree. They they gave him one shot in twenty eighteen. Um, and we forget you. We all say, "Oh, yeah, you only played like two minutes." But he also spent a week, two weeks in training with them, and they would have got to know him. And maybe he just doesn't fit what they need. And yeah, he, he needs to. Uh, he's had one great season at at Sale Sharks. I think his other seasons he's had some standout moments, but it hasn't been like yeah, he hasn't been fantastic there. And they went and got George uh, Ford to come into the club um, this season. So they obviously didn't back him to be this uh, out and out flower for the whole season as their as their first choice. So, so yeah, I I, I, I completely understand the the selection, and I know nobody really wants to hear the like like Cook says. We just want to rage. We don't really want to uh, talk about why it's such a good decision and why it's uh, like understandable, but. But yeah, I, 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 I get it. Um, I think Alton's had a decent time in France. Um, he's, I think he started seven of his 11 games at Agen. And yeah, it, it is a second division. Uh, it is a second division competition, but 
in, in France, the Pro D2, I think some Pro D2 games are just as good as premiership matches. Yeah, I was actually saying that to, uh, I think, one of the Prem Rugby um, accounts. Like, I don't know if the difference between the Pro D2 and the Premiership right now is that great. Like, I mean, yes, Rob Dupree has been killing it in, in, in England, but yeah, I, I don't think that, that means he's been performing that much better than what Elton's been doing. And then... um. Just on, on on some other final details, any Jared, any concerns with the Springboks doing their split squad um, tactic for the rugby championship? Any comments about that? Yeah, we sort of knew it was going to happen. Um, surely, like uh, it, it was asked about it at the press conference, if I'm not mistaken. But it, yeah, it, it, we saw it coming. We've done it. We did it in 2019, um, and it was just bound to happen again now. Do think that this Andre Pollard to twelve story is a bit of a, a mind game at the moment? Um, Russia and Jacques putting out some feelers uh, to try and mess with Ian Foster and Eddie Jones a little bit. Whether they were fall for it, I'm not too sure. I mean, was it uh, ahead of the British and Irish Lions series that um, they were talking about Dion Free and? But it, can't have been them, but uh, there was chat that we were going to go Marco. It was Marco von Staden and Quaker Smith as the replacement bench players um, for the Lions series, and that didn't pan out. So who knows? It could be something like that. And yeah, I I, I think we will have um, Pollard playing twelve at some stage, but I don't think he's going to start a test match there. We'll probably do like we did in twenty nineteen, where. Alton and Pollard uh, played the last few minutes as uh, a 12-10 axis, and we'll do the same with Valimsa at some stage, and probably Marnie. In my long-term dream of Pollard being an inside center might be realized at least for the for those few minutes. And then, Cooks, I know you guys had a great discussion last week about the place of Jean Klein in the squad. He's now been confirmed to play in the in, in, in the rugby championship for the spring box. So, I mean, I, I think in summary, Klain's, if Klain wants to be in the World Cup squad, he needs to somehow get past Marvin Ori. What do you think he needs to show in order, in order to get that place in, in, the, in the squad? Yeah, it's tough. I think you are. I think Marvin Ori is obviously his, his competition. Um, I think obviously Marvin Ori is more of a... Say, a loose, a, a loose headlock, especially in Marvin, is, is a very good line-out call. And Jean Klein has done that as well. I think that's going to be the big fight. It's, it's going to be great to hopefully see them play together when they play against Australia. But I, yeah, I, I just think Jean Klein also shows the form he's shown for Munster in the, in the playoffs and how good he was in the final. I think he will definitely give himself a shout. And I think it just shows, again, it, it reminds me of the move a lot. Like if you remember, I think 2019 World Cup when Alstad came in the mix and everyone was like, geez, what's Renault? You never thought to see Renault Elstad playing for the Springboks. But again, it's another option for the Springboks to look at. Um, it's a good place to be for the Springboks if one of the locks you're leaving out is potentially Marvin Ori or Jean Klein. I mean, Jean Klein is an international, has been to the World Cup before. And also, it, it does, it, it, it doesn't surprise me that there's a factor that if, if Ireland had to have, would have to have a few injuries at lock, Jean Klein can't be one of the guys they call up. So, so I mean, that, that probably plays in the mind games as well with the Springboks and the coaches that they probably back that in as well but yeah I just think John Clay is going to worry about playing well and, 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 and continuing that form and yeah there's basically a straight shootout between him and Marvin Ori and to be honest with you if w- between one of the two the go, I'm happy with both I, I would lean slightly more towards Marvin Ori but yeah I think it's a, 
again, we said last week, a very, very good place for the Springboks to be. Your lock was, flank was, scrum off was, wing was. Just more the depth we have at the moment. Yeah, yeah, Cooks, I, I, I agree with you, with uh, especially on the, the locks things. Um, I, I would say that you are looking at a bit of a different situation with Klein because he's a, he's an out and out tight head lock. And when you look at Ori and you look at um, Akis Neyman, they both like four and a halves, so they can play both sides. But they, I, I, I think uh, Neyman's like perfectly in the middle, while. Um, well, uh, Ori is a, a loose head lock. You're more your line-out uh, caller. You're more Victor Matfield-esque player. So, yeah, I, I think uh, if if we don't have Etzbeth, who is undoubtedly the, the best tight-head lock in the world, if we don't have him, I think Klein's a very good uh, replacement option. And it's it's mad that Ireland haven't selected him for so long, or what, since the 2019 World Cup. Um they they really wasted that one because uh, you don't have a lot of standout um, tight-head locks going walking about. Um, yeah, they've they've spent most of the World Cup cycle getting uh, James Ryan to be an out-and-out uh, tight-head lock that can call the line out. So so yeah, I, th- I think it's a it's a great move from the Springboks and we definitely need to cap him. And if he, he's got a good chance of making that World Cup squad, um, but yeah, I, I can't see them going too far away from Etzebeth, uh, Mostert, Snayman. Um, Snayman, if his foot is, is pretty much on the plane and I think if there's an injury to one of them, then he starts to come into the conversation big time. Yeah, I can't believe Ireland didn't take him. Just for, I mean, I know he isn't necessarily as dynamic as Baird or Treadwell or those sort of locks, but just for that option for just a, a really good gnarly tight-head lock for when you're facing teams like France in the Springboks, he would have been in the training squad at least for me. So, yeah, I'm very surprised about that. I was actually imagining that Klein and Ryan could combine together and you can have like a, almost like a big squad, like, Kind of like what Munster did in the URC like final run in that they had of having Klein, Sneiman, um, Berno, Marnie, and Coombs in in your back five for your forwards. You can have something similar with Ireland with obviously Van, um, Van der Fleer and um, Doris coming into that as well. So yeah, I think that was a big tactical error. And I think um, Rassi and Ninaba just saw an opportunity to probably more weaken <laughs> their opponents than rather strengthen theirs. But it does also show, to be honest, that the lock depth after um, Jean Klein is quite, like, especially a tight head lock, is, is, it, it falls off a cliff. <laughs> so, yeah, he, he might be needed if Itzabeth has any complications or Sneeman has any complications, then he'll be definitely a good addition. But otherwise, yeah, I, it's going to be, he's going to have to do a lot in order to, to get in there. Gents, just to end this off um, with this question finally. So we'll probably play our second team in inverted commas against Australia. Um, one player you're looking forward to seeing in that team. Cooks? Probably Marnie Labok to start. Um, yeah, I'm really, really keen to see him have a go. Him and John Klein. Fair enough. And Jared? Uh, I, th- I think I'm going to go back to Thomas Detoy. Um, I think he was a bit unlucky when he played against England and he got that red card. Well, not unlucky, it was straight red card, but he was unlucky to get it in that game where he could really put his hand up. 
so yeah, uh, outside of the two guys that uh, Cooks mentioned, because I'm keen to see them both as well, I'd say Thomas Dutoy. And let's throw Andre Essayson in there. I think uh, he's maybe going to put his hand up big time this this year so he can try to get in the World Cup. Yeah, I think actually Essayson might be, if, this, if these Pollard rumors are true, might be fighting for his place in the World Cup because you don't really need Essayson in the squad if Pollard and Willems are seen as credible 12 options, but he can put a, an end to that noise as quickly as possible. Yeah, I'm also looking forward to Joe Dweber, seeing how he's grown from the last season. He's the last season, this time last season, he had zero consistent rugby because he was like the fourth choice in Bordeaux. But now he's played pretty much every week since then and obviously has improved with the Stormers. So I want to see how he goes um, in, in, the, in the rugby championship. But we will end there on this part of the, of, the, of the podcast. We will continue with our discussions on Super Rugby and the New Zealand squad and other goings on in the rugby world. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.